on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on a Thursday, December 15th. That's right, December, halfway done already we have a short little show for you today not a bunch happening in la galaxy land but we want to talk a little bit about the la galaxy announcing their full preseason schedule we'll walk you through that a little bit and then we have the mls linear tv deal which is different than obviously the apple tv deal we'll explain some of the differences there um and then one of the other things that sort of popped up was sort of this best value idea what's the best value in major league soccer for your tickets how does major league soccer compare to some of the other sports as well, The Athletic did a little bit of a deep dive, and we're going to share some of that with you. I was supposed to have a co-host, um, but I, I think everybody's a lot cooler than me because two people were 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 busy, and they were like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't because uh, I have lots of important things to do, and none of those important things involve hanging out with you, doing a podcast when there's not much to talk about. One person was sick. Christian, hope you're feeling better. Uh, and so we're sort of left with uh, with me again, which, uh, again, I, I understand that we're getting a little monotonous here. Uh, I did talk to Kevin. He said he's actually can't wait to get back. He he said before the uh, the last semifinal game, he says, I think we should just give everybody all trophies at this point and let me come home. Um, and, and so I think Kevin is just about done. Remember, been there for a while, for about a month. Now, so I'm sure he's willing to come home. And as long as his wife didn't change the the keys or the or the locks on the doors or I saw his dog sitting in his chair, so I don't think he's going to get his chair back. Um, you know, as long as those things don't happen, Kevin will be back. And, and we look forward to sort of having him uh, back here with us on Mondays and then Thursdays will probably settle down a little bit, although I don't know if they'll settle down a bunch before. Uh, the uh, the the holiday season is upon us. Hanukkah and Christmas rapidly approaching. Um, so all those things. I have family. My oldest will be in town as well. So there's going to be some stuff. We'll see how how non hiccupy we get through the next week or so um, until we get into Christmas and the New Year's. And there's no shows in between there. But um, I understand you're getting tired of me. I'm getting tired of me, and I look forward to having co-hosts again uh, to do it but there is a rule on the show and that is there's only one person who's made every single podcast ever and that's me because I'm the one who records it so uh, you're stuck with me for just a little bit longer let's get to um, 
let's get to the LA Galaxy and their preseason schedule. I think that that's the thing that most people are here to talk about, or not really. You already knew about it if you're watching this show. Uh, it was announced today by the LA Galaxy that they sort of gave the complete preseason schedule. Now, this included uh, three Dignity Health Sports Park games. One of them is a closed-door scrimmage, which is normal. I would imagine there's at least one other closed-door scrimmage that will be get played in here. They usually add one or two. Uh, without us sort of knowing, and sometimes it's like a split squads thing, that type of thing. But uh, what we know is the LA Galaxy reporting to Dignity Health Sports Park in just 23 days. January 7th, that's when everybody reports for physicals and everything else. That's when they're going to get there. It's when they're getting to the stadium. That's when they'll fill out, put all their stuff back in their lockers uh, and get ready for uh, for the season as it goes. And the LA Galaxy looking to add pieces. As we talked about Kevin Cabral leaving uh, last week, and that means now 23 players on the roster. Seven players to add in one designated player spot, which they probably will not fill in the summer because they have a transfer ban. Anything requiring an ITC uh, is banned for them in the summer. So it is. And I saw this floating around as news today. And no offense, but it's absolutely not news. The LA Galaxy are going to fill that designated player spot this winter because otherwise they would just hold it. And what would they do with it? Um you know, the, I guess there is one option, which is that they could they could not fill it in the summertime. They could offer it to somebody like like Ricky Pouge. Um, But if you're going to do that, why not offer it to Ricky right now uh, and have him sign a new contract and do some things like that if you want to do it? I don't think that's going to happen. The LA Galaxy are going to fill that that other designated player spot uh, before this season starts or at least before the primary transfer window closes. That usually drifts almost into May. Um as we were talking about with Chris Klein's suspension, it's through the primary transfer window. So um, that's usually in May is whenever that closes down. So the Galaxy have until then to find their designated player. I would imagine they're going to do that sooner rather than later, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's closer to the beginning of the season. Um, the only thing that I would say is that they are certainly trying to f sell out a Rose Bowl stadium. Um, and I'm sure a big name designated player would do a lot in helping them do that. And I don't think that they're oblivious to that. I don't think Greg Vanny is oblivious to that. I don't think that they're, uh, the whole organization is oblivious to that fact. So again, it is absolutely not, not, uh, shocking news to say that the LA galaxy are going to try to target and fill that designated player slot. All right. So back to that schedule. We look at this Galaxy report on Saturday, January 7th, um, and then 20 days later, they're going to have their first closed door scrimmage. Like I said, I would imagine there's at least one or two other ones that sort of get squeezed in there. Uh, that first closed door scrimmage on January 27th, which happens to be my sister's birthday, uh, is at 11 a.m. and it is against Charlotte. Sometimes we find out information from those. Sometimes we don't find out information from those. Sometimes one team says, oh, we're absolutely not going to provide you information. And then the other team is like, we're absolutely going to live tweet and stream the whole game. Um, um, as of right now, in the press release that I was given, I, I don't anticipate that any of these games will be streamed or available. OK, now I also would imagine that in the grand scheme of things, Apple is looking to do a couple dress rehearsals first for the for their first big game, which is the LA Galaxy at LAFC El Trafico to open the season at the Rose Bowl. Right. And so because of that, um, I would imagine that at some point something happens to get some of these games, whether it's from the Empire Polo Club or whether it's that last game against, um, you know, Toronto, which we'll talk about here in a second. That's in, you know, late in February, get something on a streaming so that way Apple can sort of test out this streaming because the last thing you want to do is test that out whenever you're going uh, for the largest game. All right. So 
that's that's sort of where I see that. So just you know, yes, currently right now there it doesn't seem like there's any um, any plan to stream any of this. But the ones at Dignity Health Sports Park do have the infrastructure in place to be able to do that. And so those are the ones that you're possibly so they added that closed door scrimmage at Dignity Health Sports Park. They might not even play that in the stadium. That might get played somewhere else. Um, so that's uh, that's something to do, something to pay attention to. Um, and then they will play at Dignity Health Sports Park at a game that everyone is invited to on Saturday, February 4th. It's a 7 p.m. Pacific time kickoff against New York City FC. Uh, they will then head out to uh, the Coachella Valley Invitational, uh, which will start for them on Wednesday, February 8th, where they'll play St. Louis City SC. So that'll come up at 11 a.m. By the way, there was already like a St. Louis fan in my mentions on Twitter being like, the city's going to crush you. And I'm like, welcome to MLS. Nobody pays attention to the preseason games. They mean nothing. Um, St. Louis City, that game out there at uh, at the CVI. Then you have Sunday, February 12th against the Portland Timbers. We knew about that one at 1030 a.m. Uh, that one is a CVI uh, tournament there. They also have New York Red Bulls, the Empire Polo Club, Wednesday, February 15th. We know about those ones. And then they added this game, the Saturday, February 18th, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. So a great Saturday night game. Dignity Health Sports Park against Toronto FC. So Bob Bradley will be back. And maybe Victor Vasquez, it looks like, will be on the other side of things as well. So it'll be the last, what I would expect is the last tune-up for the LA Galaxy before they head off to that Rose Bowl. Uh, Rose Bowl game now just 72 days away. That game comes on 225. So if you figure that 718 game is what, seven days, um, right right in that that seven or eight day range uh, of, of break time for the LA Galaxy. So it makes a lot of sense that that's how they're doing it, right? Get it set so that way it's game schedule, which is we're going to play a week before, and then we're going to play at the Rose Bowl against LAFC in the first game that counts on El Trafico, and that one is on Apple TV, and it's a huge big deal and all this other stuff, right? Uh, Chris gave us $2 Super Chat, says, when will Ronaldo be announced? Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, there's nothing credible to say that, 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 that's not gonna, that that's going to happen, but I'll say the other thing that him going to Saudi Arabia hasn't officially been announced yet, so there's still still time, right? There's still still time there. Um, so I'm excited to sort of see how they fill this and what they do. It, it is very obvious, I think, to me and to everybody in this chat room um, that you will be able, that, that the Galaxy should be targeting that winger position, right? Um, and so if they target that winger position, you'd expect a big name DP, somebody who is goal dangerous, who can score goals, set up goals, do all the things that maybe a Christian Pavone could do, right? Um, I don't think they're revisiting that after the sanctions and everything, although wouldn't that be just poetic? Uh, and the whole reason the Galaxy are, uh, are are under sanctions right now is because they're bringing Christian Pavone back. Maybe that's a precursor. Maybe we haven't seen through the weeds on that one, right? Um, but if they do, they get somebody like that. They need a goal dangerous winger. It makes uh, Chicharito more dangerous and it makes the LA Galaxy more dangerous. Even with Sam Grantier playing better and being more dangerous whenever Ricky Puj and, and, and Gaston Bergman came in. So to me, it is a winger or bust. And if they do anything else, um, it, it seems like maybe they're trying to shoehorn something in, right? Not horrible in terms of what they're trying to do, but it, it certainly seems like they're trying to shoehorn some of the things in. Then where do you play Douglas Costa? Douglas Costa is another DP, right? Where are you going to put him? That type of thing. I know hat people are, I, I saw that uh, Eden Hazard uh, is possibly looking at a move uh, maybe to Major League Soccer. 
but they were also talking about that being a summer move, which would be difficult for the Galaxy to do, being they won't be able to ITC anything. Uh, Neymar, I don't believe, is on the list, although definitely should be, right? Why not? Um, so that's that's where you sit with this schedule. The schedule schedule sort of lends itself to the timing of all of these things that are sort of coming up. One, the TV deal, one, the Rose Bowl game, right? And then how, how do you sell tickets to the Rose Bowl game? You get a big name in there that complements your other two big names, uh, Chicharito and, and, and Douglas Costa. Um, we'll see if that ends up happening. I am still very much... I'm conflicted with to see how they round out this roster. Costa doesn't really fit in what he's doing. And especially if you're going to get a winger, um, you know, you could put a winger in place of Grant Sear, which is fine, but you're also realizing that Grant Sear is going to play a lot because he's going to have to cover for Costa, right? So there's, there's ways to sort of shuffle and move stuff around, but I wouldn't see getting another forward. That doesn't seem likely um, unless it's Cristiano Ronaldo. So, and we talked about this before. If Ronaldo comes, you blow it up and you say it is what it is. You're getting Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, and you gamble. You gamble that it's going to turn out. You gamble that you're going to make the money back on on the deal that's clearly going to be one of the largest in Major League Soccer history. So all of these things, all of these things are sort of adding up, and you can feel the momentum building towards, you know, this start of preseason camp. And, you know, once preseason camp starts, then Greg Vanny starts getting asked questions. And, you know, now things are a little more heated. And remember, that's sporting director, Greg Vanny now. So a lot more say in quote unquote, a lot more say in what goes on and how the LA Galaxy behave and act in terms of who they're going after, who they're targeting, what positions of need and all that fun stuff. Um, so that's what these next couple of weeks are, are, are going to bring. So your your preseason schedule is set. If you are a season ticket member, even though the LA Galaxy buried this in the press release, um, you, you do have the games on uh, February 4th and the 18th included in your season ticket member package. Um, and everybody else, you can pay for those tickets. I doubt they're going to be very expensive. Usually those games are lightly attended, right? So that's, that's where you're sitting for this, this preseason, uh, tournament and the preseason schedule. One of the things that is happening as well is that we only have one more quote unquote roster building, you know, device left in this off season. Uh, the off season, uh, calendar is basically wrapping up. It went from December 8th to December 12th was the MLS showcase, which was where all those top NCAA, uh, collegiate prospects were invited in order to see them. And coaches were supposed to be out there and scouting and doing all the stuff they need for the MLS super draft. Right. Uh, and, and it's worth noting that some of these prospects still have NCAA eligibility. So whether or not they go or stay or put themselves in for the draft or don't, um, it's something to watch, but, uh, the LA Galaxy now coming up to the Super Draft, which will happen next week, Wednesday, December 21st. Uh, that's when three rounds of drafts and uh, St. Louis City officially sort of enters the league and makes some of their big picks as well. So that's where you're looking at the last sort of big calendar thing that's going to happen in Major League Soccer. Uh, and that's to have that MLS draft, that MLS draft rapidly approaching. Do we put any stock in the MLS draft? We, we generally don't. And I think this podcast and me in particular has been on record of saying that it's probably not needed anymore. Uh, make everybody free agents and bring people in and let teams compete for them. I, I don't really care. Uh, the allocation coming out of college seems to be very hit and miss. And for the most part, these teams are filling up those collegiate spots with, um, you know, guys who are going to play in their in their reserve teams or in that uh, MLS next pro division. Um, so that's sort of where most of these come in. Right, can you get some good players in the top, you know, 
maybe in that first round. Yeah, I think you can for the LA Galaxy. I don't think they've had a lot of luck with that. Uh, that being said, one of the leading goal scorers in preseason was Farai Mutatu, who probably would have seen some senior team minutes last year had he been eligible and able to stay in the United States. We don't know his status, as everybody continues to ask. He is the guy who gets asked about all the time. Um, so, you know, we'll continue to sort of watch. But is there another Farai in that in that list, um, you know, of players who can possibly get some senior team minutes, can put some things together um, and do some things? But I, I don't think you're going to get, you know, a world beater. On occasion, you do. On occasion, you do. There, there are many records. I, I don't know that many of them really in the last, you know, five or six years are are that important um, or have been that important. So the MLS Super Draft for me is not so super and is more of a old ritual. And if you've noticed, there's like no buzz around it right now either, right? There used to be a lot of buzz. There used to be, I used to consider going to the MLS Super Draft. I'm like, oh, where is it? I should go. I should go to the Super Draft because I should come. And now it's like, nah, it's okay. I'll just I'll talk to whoever they get, you know, on the phone afterwards. Not a problem. So that's uh, that's sort of where that's coming down with the MLS Super Draft. So you have that on your calendar. That'll wrap everything up. You are done with roster building and everything else. Season officially starts in terms of preseason. Starts on January 7th. That's when the Galaxy will report. Greg Vanning will have everybody there. Uh, and away they go. And I don't expect that there will be a designated player before that January 7th. But I would expect that a designated player comes in during this preseason. I don't think Greg wants to wait. Uh, but you are getting sort of the tail end of the World Cup now with the final being on Sunday. You have France and Argentina battling it out. Um, you know, I think that there's going to be a lot of movement now. Uh, players are basically back with their teams outside of the four teams who are still playing one for the third place team, that third place game and obviously for the final on Sunday. So you have these things sort of building a momentum building to really this moves should be starting to happen. So if you're the Galaxy, if you're going after designated player, if you're waiting for that to happen and, and sort of things to fall into place right about now is when things really should start heating up and it's going to take you over the next three or four weeks. I imagine maybe even six weeks to sort of nail that down, get that deal done and be ready to go. All right. Uh, what they gave a, a $2 super chat says more second division Frenchies for the win. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think the galaxy have sort of exploited that loophole, uh, enough. I think that they're probably, probably done with that. So, um, it's one of those things that, you know, we're waiting to sort of see how Greg Vanny takes charge of this particular um, team and certainly, um, you know, can sort of uh, you get this team to to start building. Right. Like that's the whole idea is get the team to build, uh, get the team to sort of figure all that stuff out. Right. Uh, and that's going to happen here in the next six weeks. I mean, I really feel like the, the schedule is condensed. The Galaxy don't have a chance to get things right in the summer. It's better to know now. There is one possibility that you wait later to really so to play some games and figure out what you really need. Maybe have a couple deals worked out where you're like, we can pull the trigger on this. We can pull the trigger on this. Um, and then you wait to sort of see where the Galaxy are lacking I would imagine you're going to find that they're going to be lacking on that winger spot. I think the Galaxy still have to look at bringing in another center back. The Aaron Long situation hasn't been remedied or fixed yet. Maybe the Galaxy can land Aaron Long and bring him in as a CB. If that happens, look for the focus switch immediately to the designated player, right? So it's 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 not horrible. It's not horrible in terms of uh, where the Galaxy are sitting and with the sanctions coming, the Galaxy did have a good summer transfer window with Brugman and, and Bouge. They got those guys together. They have 
basically the building blocks and the core that they knew they were going to have. So they still have that. So now it's just about adding the little sprinkles here and the little sprinkles there um, to get it. And then adding, I think, two big pieces, right? The center back uh, and the and the designated player. And where does that designated player fall again? So uh, it's not horrible again, uh, but the Galaxy won't get a chance to rectify any of that in the summer like they did this last year. And for everybody saying that that doesn't matter, just look at last year. It absolutely matters. Um, and here's what's I, I can already tell what Galaxy fans are going to be doing in the summertime, which is I can't believe we can't sign somebody. We need this right now and we can't get it. That's that's where it's going to hurt. Right. So the team is going to have to. There's no, going to be no injection of life. Uh, there's going to be no injection of talent of uh, of that sort of game changing ability like Ricky Push comes in and saves the season. Gaston Brogman comes in and saves the season. Right. There's not going to be any of that this summer. So all of that has to come right now. And if you don't get it right, there's no way to fix it. You can try to move pieces around inside the league to do stuff, but that's generally not the moves that that unlock a team towards, you know, an MLS cup run. Um, and the galaxy are, are at least by, in terms of how they finished playing last year, right down the stretch in those last probably 10 to 13 games, the galaxy should be contending for a cup. I know people were like just banging their head against something, but bottom line is I thought the galaxy were playing the best soccer out of anybody in the last 10 games. Um, you know, last game wasn't that great for them playing against Nashville. Wasn't that great for them. Um, but having said that they, they were able to put together some very good, serious runs, um, you know, towards the end of that season. And I thought the only team that was really going to be able to beat LAFC was going to be the LA galaxy, right? Didn't happen on the night. Still a very good game, very close game. If the galaxy had a little bit more, uh, I, I quite honestly, a, a little more experience in just playing together as a team. They may have, may have come out on the victor side of that, but they are clearly lacking. Douglas Costa had a bad game, right? You had um, you had Chicharito. It wasn't great, but you need some of those game changers. You need another game changer. Kevin Cabral wasn't it, right? And wasn't going to be it. And I think everybody pretty much knew that. So now you have a chance to, to right that wrong. How do you do that? And I, we've talked about it before. Once you figure out the DP that you're going to sign, if it's not a young DP, you also have to shuffle your roster. Right. You have to worry about how you're going to handle your three U22 players and how you're going to get rid of two of them or convert two of them to Tam or sell somebody, that type of thing. Somebody was was saying, why is everybody saying that Efrain Alvarez is on the on the chopping block? I think there's two reasons that he could be and why it would be. One is that his ceiling seems to have been found. All right. He had a decent enough season last year. I think if you go back and look at that, you can you can see that. But is he get, or, or do you expect him to grow by leaps and bounds next year? He's gone through several. This year has to be the year for him to come sort of, you know, for all the investments in, that the Galaxy have made him to sort of come come to fruition. And, and we haven't really seen that, right? Um, maybe it's positionally where he's playing. Maybe he needs to go somewhere else. But that's one of the reasons that perhaps right now is sort of that top limit of where the Galaxy think that they can get a good return on him. And that's maybe why he gets sold right now. Um, so that's one of the reasons the other is that shuffling of the U 22 spot. If the LA galaxy go for a senior designated player, I have a feeling they're going to, that's my gut feeling. I don't know anything else, but I have a feeling they're going for that senior designated player. And if they go for that sort of senior, and again, there's no such thing as a senior DP. We just do it to, uh, differentiate between a, 
young DP and a regular day DP, but we'll just call it a senior DP uh, and a young DP. So that way you realize that there's sort of those differences there. Um, and I feel like the Galaxy are going to go with a senior DP, which means they're going to have to shuffle things. Now, could they move Jovalich to Tam? Possibly. And could they move, you know, Julian Araujo to Tam? Possibly. Right. So you can and, and you can still keep one U22. So one of the three gets to say U22 player, uh, but you have to do something with the other two, whether you move, you trade, you transfer, um, however you want to do that. You can, you can, you, you, that's how you're going to have to shuffle that U22. So that's going to be the other strategy thing to see. If you see Efrain Alvarez move here in this offseason as things start to heat up a little bit, uh, if you see Julian Araujo move, right, which is also a possibility, if you see Dayan Jovalich move, right, that could be an indication that the LA Galaxy are going after a senior designated player. Okay, and they need to have that roster. Now, again, you don't need to have that done right away. It's roster compliance date is usually the day before um, the day before the, the first game of the season. That's usually the roster compliance date. So the LA Galaxy have until basically February 24th, uh, I would imagine, unless they move that roster compliance date, February 24th to be roster compliant. And so that's when you would need to figure out all those things. Remember when the drama came down of what they were going to do with Giovanni Dos Santos? And it basically came down to like the last couple of days just before the season started. Yeah. That was that was where it was at. Um, and and uh, and so it was right before the season started and expect that uh, to happen here as well. Now, what, let me let me get at least one sip of Dr. Pepper whenever I do this. These solo shows, I feel like I never get to take a sip. So much better. Um, we have to talk about the MLS linear TV deal and. This is different than the Apple TV deal. We talked a bunch about the Apple TV deal and how it is, you know, for 10 years and like $2.5 billion plus add-ons and incentives and everything else. Um, we've talked about how every single game will be on Apple TV. Every single one. No blackouts. Uh, you know, nobody's going to have exclusive rights except for Apple. Apple has basically the rights to every single game and they're going to stream it on their Apple TV uh, league pass, right? And you're able to get that if you have any device that's capable of connecting to the internet. It doesn't have to just be Apple. Uh, in terms of knowing where games are and how things go, the Apple TV deal is amazing for that. We'll see how the, how it works, right? I think I've talked about it. The, the, there does not seem to be or there will not be, and I was told this, there will not be any sideline reporters in any of these games. So if you're used to sort of seeing the sideline reporters, that's not happening this year from, from what I was told. You're going to get people who I think are a mix of on uh, on location and in a studio somewhere to do these games, right? So I think there's going to be a good mix, although for right now in this season, it seems like all of the production is going to be done in trucks located at the facilities, which is how you do these big games, right? So those trucks will go around and broadcast each game uh, to do that and broadcast everything back to the satellite and the satellite gets put into Apple and you give it to Apple and Apple's the one who distributes that out, right? So um, for the most part, that's known technology on how that works. I wouldn't expect that there's going to be a whole bunch of um, issues. It's just a matter of making sure that the feeds go to the right place and that Apple TV is able to separate those feeds and put them into the right channels. And you're talking about Apple who delivers more content than just about everybody else. The live content that they do uh, with like, I think they've done some MLB and some NFL stuff um, is smaller in scale. So I think this is their first sort of larger scale all at once because you're going to have multiple games being played at once and everything else. Right. So uh, that's something that we've talked about in terms of the Apple TV deal and how that works. Now, we also told you there was going to be what we call linear TV deals. And linear is just a differentiation from from streaming, right? Linear is not necessarily over the air either. We call over the air stuff that you could pick up with your little antenna and it's not cable. 
right? So Fox is over the air. FS1 is cable. The Fox Deportes is cable, right? Fox, the big one, though, you can pick up with your little bunny ears and everything else, and it's quote-unquote over-the-air stuff. Uh, the NWSL has been very, very good with their over-the-air broadcasts in terms of the amount of people that they're pulling in and the stations that they're putting that on and everything else, and Fox has done okay with that, too. Well, we have to say goodbye to ESPN. Right. That's what you have to understand about this linear deal. ESPN apparently not interested in broadcasting games that weren't um, exclusive to them. And with Apple, nothing is exclusive, right? Apple is the only one who guarantees that they have the right to broadcast. Everything else will either be simulcast and basically the other um, the other the other the other station is probably just going to pick up some of the feeds from Apple right now. Maybe it's going to be completely different. Maybe they're going to have uh, and I should say Fox is uh, one of the ones that picked it up. Uh, and then you had uh, Univision is on there, TSN and RDS in Canada. Um, so you have Fox and Univision and TSN and RDS, right? Those are your linear TV deals. I believe those are for the next four years. Um, and so what you're going to see is they're basically going to be simulcast. They're going to be picking up the camera feeds from what Apple is doing. Uh, I doubt they're going to have their own crews there, but they're going to go ahead and do that. And then they're going to be able to put those games on television. Now, Fox has basically gotten, um, a, 34 game regular season, right? So they're going to average uh, basically one a week. Uh, and they're also going to do eight postseason games for the next four years. That's what Fox is going to do. So you're going to be watching a lot of stuff on FS1, on Fox, on Fox Deportes, right? So those ones, uh, Univision, Unimas, and TUDNA um, are earn the rights to basically broadcast select matches of the League's Cup. Remember, League's Cup is also going to be on Apple TV, um, so you can find every single one. MLS and Liga MX uh, and that joint venture that they have going on. So Univision, Unimas, and and TUDNA are, are the ones sort of taking uh, precedent on that Liga MX for over the air or cable, right? So this is non-subscription stuff. If you don't have Apple TV, you'll still be able to watch one game a week on Fox. You know, you'll still be able to watch some of the leagues cut from Univision and Unimas and TUDNA, right? You'll be able to do that. And, you know, I saw people arguing in comments too. They're saying, well, you know, that's not nearly enough games in order to sort of try to continue to grow the audience. And you have to remember that Apple TV is also going to be putting on free games on Apple TV. So again, as long as you just have access to the internet, you should be able to get some of these Apple TV deals um, games because they're not going to be behind the paywall. There's going to be some that are just available to Apple TV customers who are already paying for it, but don't necessarily pay for League Pass. You're going to get some of those games. So that's a little bit of a wider audience there too. And then you're going to have your League Pass, which is all of the hardcore people um, who get the games and can go ahead and do it. All right. So that's the difference now with this linear TV deal is that Fox will be involved. Um, so I imagine you're going to see John Strong and Stu Holden um, on some of these. The interesting thing is with no more ESPN and ESPN has been a partner and, and Don Garber made a made a point of saying so. The ESPN has been a partner with Major League Soccer since the league started. Um, and certainly you can look at some of the uh, more iconic duos and games that were called over the year of Ian Dark and Taylor Twelman and John Champion um, that they've had over the years that you're not going to have anymore, which, by the way, this to me and I haven't talked to him about it. Um, I would imagine TT is is probably going to end up heading over to Apple. Uh, that's just just a hunch. Um, because I don't see him being able to be kept busy on the soccer side of things with just ESPN and some of the things, although they have a lot of properties, um, there's just not as much, uh, you know, focus on, on, on MLS there. So I would imagine that, that TT very well could end up at Apple and we'll see what those, 
those broadcast pairings end up being for Apple as well, because they're probably going to have a whole bunch of crews that end up doing these games. And there's going to be a lot of games and crews may end up even doing, you know, two games in one day, that type of thing. Uh, one of the things that Apple sort of was going to bring back as well is that games will be. I think suited more for those Saturday night games, right? So if you're an LA Galaxy fan, we all know that the time you pack the stadium the most is on Saturday night, right? So I think you're going to see more of those Saturday night games. And we're waiting for that schedule to be released. It's, you know what's going to happen? It's going to get released tomorrow on a Friday, guaranteed. Um, so anyway, so we're going in and seeing all of the the different things that... Um, you know, that Apple is sort of going to be able to uh, put together for all of this, right? So there's going to be a lot of changes, but the bottom line is that you should with League Pass. Um, in fact, it's it's the whole idea of League Pass. You'll know where to go. There's no more, hey, where the Galaxy plant? They're on League Pass, right? They're on Apple TV. You're going to find it. It's there. And eventually with the different audio options and everything else, it should be I'm hoping a pretty cool thing. I would, if, if Apple TV is listening, just allow me one. We heard they're going to do a whip around show. So that means you're going to be able to watch all these games at sort of the same time. It's like kind of like NFL red zone where they go in and they pop into different games that, so that's going to be great. Uh, especially for somebody trying to watch 14 freaking games every weekend. Right. Um, and then two is just give me multi-screen, please, Apple. Give me the four like ESPN has where I'm able to put four games on at the same time and just like scroll over to them to get it. That is the best layout that anybody has had. And I want to be able to stream all those games because I like doing the four box and being able to watch four different games uh, whenever it's, you know, that time in the afternoon. So hopefully we'll see where everything lands on that. But you're you're. You're over the air on Fox with 34 regular season games and eight postseason games. Uh, you're going to get stuff on cable with FS1, Deportes, and then you get all of uh, the Spanish language stuff as well that's going to be in there. And so there will be that that fun mix of everything that you should be getting if you don't want to get League Pass. And if you don't get League Pass, I would imagine that your games are going to be limited. You're not going to see as much. I, I would think that, you know, the, the League Pass and if you're a season ticket member, you get it automatically included. But you're going to want a League Pass. Um, I don't see any way around it. I don't know how uh, easily available the pirated streams are going to be for you either. So I would still imagine that the the uh, the investment in League Pass is sort of where it's at and where it's going to come down to. So uh, that was one of the things that I sort of wanted to uh, to point out and sort of guide you through. Right. And with Fox, I should say it's this is an average of 34 um, they may get a couple games extra, may get a couple games more. It may not be every week, but it's going to average sort of once a week, right? That type of thing. It seems like they're setting themselves up for a once a week broadcast um, on Fox. So maybe that'll be like soccer night in America. Didn't they do that for like Thursday nights? Didn't we have like a Thursday night window for a while? And it was like soccer night in America. It was they were trying to make it, you know, Monday, Monday night football. Only it was Thursday night soccer. Um they, I, I remember I remember that distinctly as we go about. Let's talk about the final thing here and then we'll uh, we'll sort of wrap up for for the show again and get everybody on their way again. The short little show uh, this particular time. And if you have any questions, uh, super chat them in and I will try to answer them. I probably will have a little bit of time uh, to do that here without going too long. Um, by the way, I should point out somebody said, oh, I bet Fox is going to carry the LAFC. Um, LA Galaxy game that first week. And I was like, eh. I go with Apple and this deal being so big, I doubt they're going to want to share that game. Um, but maybe maybe it's part of their agreement that they do. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that is a specific 
exclusive to Apple to sort of kick off the whole event. The other thing is going to be one more thing before we get on to the, to the fan costs and some different things was, are we going to be able to see viewership numbers? Like is Apple going to release viewership numbers for all this stuff? Um, and will we be able to trust them because it's very much a walled off system there. Um, and it's not like the Nielsen ratings or anything else where it's sort of, they're used to publishing this stuff. I wonder if Apple will publish. It's like Netflix never tells you how many people watch things, right? Um, is that how Apple's going to be? It's like, oh, we had a ton that we set records. Well, how many did you have? I, we're not telling, but it was records. It's like MLS. Whenever they talk about the number one selling Jersey in major league soccer this year. Well, that's awesome. How many jerseys did they said? We're not telling you. Um, just be interesting to see if we can gauge that whenever Apple comes in. Uh, Chris gave a $2 super chat. Do you believe the galaxy will buy out Douglas Costa? I do not. I wouldn't count it out. I, I don't have a good, I don't have a good grip on that yet. Right. But I wouldn't count it out. I think there's definitely an option to do that. Then they would have two DPs to fill. Um, it's not an, ex, it's not a very expensive buyout whenever you think about it, they could also transfer him. And there was actually, there was like this stupid rumor that floated around for like 10 minutes on Twitter uh, a couple days ago that Douglas Costa was going to go back to Brazil and play. And then I think they talked to the sporting director of that team. He's like, no, that's not happening. Um, I wouldn't count it out. I wouldn't count out that he gets moved somehow, somewhere. Um, just because I think that they could, they, I, I mean, I think Greg Vanny would love to have another designated player spot. And I think that uh, he has, he is still like, I, I believe Greg Vanny is proud of sort of the work that he did as a coach to get Douglas Costa to the level he did. Cause if you remember at the beginning of the season, it was, he was ugly. Um, and now I think that he was a contributor down the way, but asking him to be a 34 game contributor, asking for him to be a 90 minute contributor is out of the question on both of those. And I think Greg Vanny wants more than that. So could they buy him out? Yes. Could they also trade him or move him? Yes. Um, it's just, it, it's just, I don't necessarily, I think it's 50, 50 right now. And that's like my best way of saying I could see it going either way. Um, so yeah, I, it, like I said, it's not a, it's not a super expensive, uh, buyout. If I remember it's like $3.2 million, like for another year. Right. I think that's about what it was. Um, which isn't like when you looked at Kevin Cabral and you said, Oh, how much money we're going to spend. And then the galaxy are like, Oh, we'll send them to Colorado. And then by the life of the contract, we'll end up paying an $11.6 million. If you missed that breakdown on Monday, that was a fun one to do. Um, I also, I think it's good to sort of say, um, that somebody made a comment on Reddit about the allocation money and how it goes every year, every team gets allocation money from the league. And I believe last year was like two point something million dollars. So there's a chance that, that all the league does is says, okay, well it was $2 million last year. So we're just, we're just giving you a million dollars this year. And that's your million dollar fine. And it's already taken care of. It just the way the league worded the future general allocation money, right? It could be that that's like whenever you get your payment of that, your payment of that, whenever you get your payment of that, that that's when they're going to take it away. And that would be, quote unquote, the future general allocation money. Or it could be, as we sort of explained it before, which is they're just going to take it as it comes in from the galaxy, which is like, hey, you made, you know, four hundred and seventy five thousand dollars or six hundred and seventy five thousand dollars so far in general allocation money this year. And we're going to take it. And you still owe us three hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars, right? Like that type of thing. Um, so we don't know how it's being administered. We don't know when they're taking it all. I mean, bottom line is the MLS could be like, well, we're just going to take twenty thousand dollars, uh, you know, twenty thousand or two hundred thousand dollars every year for the next five years, and that's going to be your punishment for the million. 
I, we don't know. It's something to ask Greg Vanny to see if he knows how they're administering that and how that affects the LA Galaxy. Uh, I'm going to try to get Greg on next week. We'll see if that ends up happening. Obviously, it's right around the holidays and everything else and people traveling and MLS Super Draft and all that fun stuff. So um, that's where that's where you're at. Okay. Okay. Let's get to the fan cost index just because I think this is interesting. Um, so basically, uh, there was data that was collected by a uh, by a a. Um, I don't know if it was the athletic or not. I can't remember if the athletic collected the data or they used somebody else's data. Bottom line is they came up with a fan cost index and FCI by league and major league soccer out of the five major leagues, right? NFL, NHL, NBA, MLS, and MLB um, went down and they're the fourth most, uh, most affordable whenever you look at it, right? So basically they said for a family of four to go and eat and get tickets and do all the stuff, then in the NFL, that's almost $600. In the NHL, it's $462, right? In the NBA, it's $445. In MLS, it's $300. Uh, and in Major League Soccer, it's $256.41. Or Major League Baseball, I said Major League Soccer. Major League Baseball, $256.41. So MLB is the cheapest. By the way, if you've ever gone to an MLB game, tell me how expensive it is. Uh, compared to sort of MLS, but I guess MLS is getting more expensive. And then the athletic went and looked at all of the teams and who the most expensive was um, and how that, how that works. LAFC, the most expensive, almost $400. So almost a hundred dollars per person. Uh, if you're going to take your family of four to go see a game there, uh, Charlotte came in second at $377 and 94 cents. Uh, you had inner Miami at $350. Can you imagine paying $350 for four tickets at a temporary stadium in Fort Lauderdale instead of Miami? I just, it just seems outrageous to me, but you know, that's what happens when you get lots of fines. Oh, wait, the galaxy are probably gonna do that too. Uh, DC United was expensive. Now they have a really nice soccer specific stadium. It's an expensive place. It doesn't surprise me that they are in that, but they have sucked really bad. So that that's gotta be a tough pill to swallow. You have Columbus with their new stadium at $346 uh, for four people going to the game. Philadelphia Union, Toronto, Austin, San Jose, Sporting Kansas City, Chicago Fire, Portland Timbers, Minnesota, and then the LA Galaxy. The LA Galaxy are very much middle of the row. $304.22 for four people to go. Uh, they are the 14th most expensive. And if you want to know on the other side of that, who is the, the cheapest? Well, you could have guessed FC Dallas, uh, but $200 basically to go to an FC Dallas game for four people. Uh, and then the other interesting thing was just like the increases, right? So Orlando City and Austin saw their average tickets drop by about 3%, which is interesting for a sold out Austin that it sort of falls that way. It's probably rounding errors. Same with Orlando City. Whenever you look at it, that it's fallen a little bit. Now, Orlando hasn't played as well in recent years. And so maybe the cost of that has receded a little bit, but they were the only two ones that sort of saw that negative or that recession onto those ticket numbers, right? Orlando City at $250 uh, per four people, and that was down 3%. Um, and then the other one was, what, what did I say already? Oh, Austin. Um, let me see. Austin was on the first list, and Austin is at $326 for four people to go, and they were down 3% on that. Now, the biggest changes year over year, Philadelphia increased by 22%. Seattle increased by 21%. Uh, I guess winning allows you to do some of those things, right? Uh, LAFC increased by 11%. Inter Miami up by 17%. Just year over year changes, right? The San Jose Earthquakes, 15%. So where did the Galaxy fall on that? About 5%. 
right? So relatively stable for the LA Galaxy whenever you do that and take a look. The only other thing I would like to point out is that the FCI for Major League Soccer, right? So that fan cost index by league was $300.72. When they take into account the the season ticket members, or excuse me, when they take into account the supporters group tickets, which I don't think there's supporter group tickets in NFL, but they usually have like NFL and Major League Baseball usually have like a section that is cheaper. That's sort of like the fan section, right? They call it that. Um, But I don't know that there's like a direct correlation with anything else. But in Major League Soccer, you have the supporter section tickets and those are much cheaper. So whenever you add into or or take into account the supporter tickets, uh, that level for four people drops from $300 basically to $238. So about more than $62 cheaper. Uh, which is a, a great bonus sort of thing. So I guess what we're trying to say, uh, I guess what we're trying to say is that Major League Soccer is still in that very affordable. And whenever you look at sort of the up and coming and the rising ranks of Major League Soccer and how it's applied to the five major sports here in the United States, right? That MLS is still very much a value. And the cool thing is that there's 34 games in an MLS season. And so you can afford to go to some of those games in that value. The problem with major league baseball is there's 162 games, right? And that $256, you'd have to go to a lot more to get a larger chunk of the season, right? So there's still that thing. I think they pointed out that in, in, you know, in major league baseball with 162 games, that the importance of the games wanes throughout the year. Whereas in the NFL with 17 games, it's, it's much more pay attention. Things are, have a much bigger uh, impact to everything. Whenever you're talking about the NFL, the NHL has, you know, a bunch of games is 80 something games. Uh, or is that the NBA that was the 80? I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's people who are big fans of both of those sports who will be able to tell you hundred percent. And at one point I read it in the article. I just don't remember off the top of my head. Although been to several NBA games, been to several hockey games, love all that stuff. Man, I love going to sporting events. Sporting events are so much fun. I go to baseball games on occasion, although I don't think I made one out, uh, made out to one last year, but uh, this year I'll make it back to a, to a couple baseball games and go see some things. So uh, that's sort of it. Uh, that's where I wanted to leave everything with you is that major league soccer is in a good spot. I think we had a little discussion in the discord about, uh, we were talking about the teams of old with the LA galaxy, like those 20, 2011, 2012, 2014 teams. If you drop them onto the field in major league soccer right now, would they have as much success just as they are? I, I disagree that they just suddenly they're so much better. Um, I actually think the LA galaxy, you know, towards the end of the season would play those teams very well. Every time I go back, walk back and watch MLS cups and you can even go back to 2017, 2016, uh, 2015, right? Not that long ago. The gameplay is slow. The gameplay has gotten so much quicker, uh, with major league soccer over the years. The physicality of the league has, I think one gotten gotten stronger because I think people are in better shape. Right. But two, um, you know, it was very physical in a non-soccer way in in previous years. It was very, we're going to, you know, tackle people a lot. Like the English Premier League, if you go back, you know, 20 years, it was a lot more physical in terms of how they tackled each other. And it, that was like, but it was a non-soccer way. It was very much like a, a lack of skill tackling, right? Now, I think that because they've cleaned up a lot of the those, uh, you know, the, the heinous fouls and tackling from behind, that the physicality you get now is even more technical in how it's used and how it's applied. I think defenses are smarter. Um, I think, you know, I think if you dropped Robbie Keane into Major League Soccer right now, um, that Robbie Keane probably doesn't run as rampant through people. Now, having said that, we all watched Zlatan Ibrahimovic absolutely tear through 
through people. The bottom line in the disc- discussion we're having in the Discord is whether or not Major League Soccer has thrived under the rules that they've created. And yes, I agree that some are arbitrary. I think that some are definitely annoying. But I would agree that Major League Soccer has been a huge success in following those rules and allowing those rules to nurture things forward. And and I, I think some people say that, you know, the rules the rules protect people who lack ambition, but I would disagree with that because I think anybody who comes in here right now, especially if you're coming in the, in the last like five years, the amount of money that you have to put in is, is you have to be ambitious with what you do. If you go back and look at some of the, those original teams, you had to be ambitious at the time to get in when you did, right? Certainly there are owners that you wish would spend more money like San Jose. Um, you know, I, I know people don't like San Jose in, in LA galaxy land, but as a team in the league, you would like to see them spend money. You would like to see them be successful. FC Dallas doesn't spend any money, but they are successful on occasion, right? There's some, they're there. They're usually in the conversation whenever you talk about it. Um, so, you know, even Montreal was one of those teams where you're like, oh, well they don't spend any money, but they were, they were there. The ambition is there. Do I think that the rules sometimes hold back some of the big teams from really cutting loose? I would love to see a, not a, 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 a simple cap, right? A simple cap where you have, uh, let's raise the cap to $25 million and everybody fits under the cap. Right. Uh, and somebody was saying, but you still should be able to spend outside that cap. And it's like, okay, so what's the number then? If you're, if you want to spend outside the cap, maybe there are one or two players that you're able to spend above the cap, but otherwise you could sort of look and say the cap is $25 million and you can spend your money on anybody you want for $25 million. It does not matter. No Tam, no jam, none of that stuff. I would like to see a simple cap. Um, eventually maybe a couple players that are exempt or outside of that cap. Right. Uh, but I will also say that I don't think the rules have hurt the league in terms of what they're trying to do. I think that there is plenty of good, attractive soccer. I think that they attract and now are attracting even bigger talents. But I mean, look at what Toronto is doing with all the Italians, right? Look at what, uh, LAFC was doing with Vela and Bale. Look at what the galaxy have done with Zlatan and Ricky Pouge and Gaston Brugman. I mean, you're talking about some top talents. Is it the absolute top of the world? No, it's not. Um, and that's because MLS is not a, you know, a top four league in, in the entire world. It's getting there though. And as we've watched it slowly and steadily climbed, the league gets more and more respect every single day. Um, and I think that there's starting to be less of a stigma with MLS players and less of a stigma with the league. Um, I think there's more respect for the league all the time. So, you know, I think the rules have been there to sort of guide MLS in the direction that they've had. They're not always perfect. They're certainly opaque, and I would love to see more of it so that way fans can sort of try to figure out. So even if it's complicated, at least make that information public so that way fans can figure it out. Because right now we sort of exist in this gray area where some information is public and some is not. We end up guessing. Um, so if you're going to change anything, do that. Make Make information more public. But uh, I think MLS is primed to be a grower here in the next 10 years, um, just in terms of how everything is going, the expansion teams that are adding. I am worried, though, eventually expansion has to stop. So I'm waiting for that to stop. Uh, I think we stop at 30 teams, but, you know, maybe 32 teams. You know, every time we talk, it's it's a different number. So 29 with St. Louis coming into uh, the league this year. And then 30 is expected, whether that's Vegas or San Diego. Both of those seem to be buying Sacramento. Um there's a lot of lot of ones on the Western Conference that seem to be popping up in possibilities. So that's sort of where we're at. Um, I think uh, I think the next couple of weeks are going to be interesting. I don't expect a lot of information to flow out either. So we'll be back on Monday. Um, 
I don't think Kevin's still not going to be back because the the finals on Sunday, and I doubt he makes it back, and then suddenly hops on a pl- hops on a telephone call with us. But we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Um, so we'll have uh, something probably Monday uh, and probably Thursday, although that's all tentative. I have family coming into town, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, but I don't think you're going to miss much, and I think that we're going to put together sort of that leading up to that Christmas break, and then Christmas through New Year's will be dark, and then after the first of the season or the first of the year, we will be back and in full swing. Working on a whole bunch of things. It's our 15th season covering the LA Galaxy or my 15th season covering the LA Galaxy. So I'm looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. Planning on being at the Rose Bowl. Absolutely. Uh, I'm planning on being out at uh, Coachella at some point as well. Um, So uh, hopefully we'll see you around and and doing some different things and definitely planning on being at preseason games. So, you know, all that stuff is rapidly approaching. So hopefully everybody will uh, will join me out there and we'll do it. Also, we're very close to a thousand shows. I won't tell you how close. Um, I'm sure somebody can figure it out by file names and stuff like that, but we're, we're getting close to a thousand shows. I will do something at the first part of the season. Uh, that's a live show. That's sort of a thousand shows. Haven't figured out what that is yet. Um, but we're going to figure that out. All right. All right. I think that's good. I hope everybody has a, a nice weekend. Uh, side note, uh, the, uh, just, you know, shameless, uh, 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 plug here for the train club. Um, there is going to be, we have Santa ride. If you have little ones, this is the weekend to come. Free train rides, Fairview Park, Costa Mesa, free. You literally don't have to give us any money. It's fine. I would appreciate it if you gave us donations, but you don't have to. Free train rides. You get to take those train rides to the North Pole. Santa and Mrs. Claus will be there. You can take pictures using your phone. We're not going to have any things, but they will be there. Um, I imagine through most of the days on both days, I think the weather's going to hold out on us. But free train rides um, is the best part. And so the Grinch is going to be there. We have some Whoville stuff. There's a whole big production that is going on that starts this weekend. Um, so if you want to come out, you can hit me up on DMs. I'll tell you when to come out. Look for me. I should be there most day, most of the day on both of those days. Um, as, as, as the VP of operations, it's sort of my job to make sure I'm there. But uh, occasionally I take a lunch break, that type of thing. But we'd love to see you out there. Free train rides. Come on out. Hang out with us. All right. All right. I think that's it. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Now nah, that's it. We're going to let you go. Everybody have a wonderful week and enjoy it. Uh, and we'll come back here on Monday and see what else we have learned, especially when they drop the schedule like tomorrow or something. They're going to do that, aren't they? We'll see. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to Corner of the Galaxy where you can find all of our podcasts right there. Any of the major breaking news, I'll try to write an article, put it up there as well. Cornerofthegalaxy.com is where you can find it. All right, that about does it. I hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We'll catch you sometime next week. Uh, I'm Josh Kessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.